0: Hello there, Lala a lot of gaggers got another week on tap here law gagging sports I'm Bo Reed as always along with Samantha Button and Matthew Irby we're gonna talk a little baseball offseason little little NFL chatter but uh, Samantha first how you doing
1: I am doing okay doing okay. We got our forty man roster finalized. Nothing terrible has happened. How about
0: you? You know, it's it's, it's funny and the, that forty man roster. <laughs> it, kinda, it sneaks up on you right there at the beginning of the offseason. Right, you're gearing up. You're thinking, okay, qualifying offers and awards and all this other stuff. And it's somewhere in the middle of that, you get the you get you get the forty man rule five uh, deadline. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm with you on that, Irby. How about you? I'm sure you'll let me know if the Rangers did anything catastrophic, but at least on the surface, I don't think they did. No, 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 no,
2: no. The Rangers were smart on their moves. Um, It was guys that will probably be casualties, come free agency, stuff like that. But it's, you know, high ceiling players that, um, you know, would potentially have been taken in the Rule 5 draft. So just pure protection at this point. (laughs) Nothing, nothing crazy. Nothing crazy like Ron Washington basically saying they're about to take over the West.
0: You gotta love job, Wash Bob. for that, though. I mean, <laughs> he's the eternal optimist. Yeah, like how has he explained looking at that situation in Anaheim and coming out blazing. I mean, he did the same thing when the Rangers hired him back in what, but what, what, oh nine, oh eight, oh nine, whatever. Whenever they was they hired Wash, he did the same thing.
2: Yeah, <laughs> you know. Imagine Mike Trout was sitting there listening to that, going, "Oh, this freaking guy." <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Well, I, I tell you what, you know, let's get into the managers because all but one have their manager. now. We're still waiting on the Padres what that, of course, has been put on hold as they deal with a uh, significant death in the front office and the, the, the ownership group. Uh, so let's talk about these others. Samantha, Irby just mentioned Ron Washington. We talked a little bit about that last week. Uh, any surprises here? With a major well, I think we've, we've been
1: over most of this, right? So the only two yeah. that we haven't been over are the two that were just promotions. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't I don't have much to say about these. I, I think we saw the interesting stuff last week, and, and we'll see what the Padres end up doing. But for the Astros and the Brewers, it's just a promotion, um, sort of the, the logical move there, I think, in both of those situations. Again, if you have a – and this is probably why DeMarlo Hale did not want to – the Guardians because that's what happens, right? You promote the bench coach and if you're the mm-hmm. bench coach mm-hmm. and you don't get promoted it's probably time to move on. The Guardians are very lucky they didn't promote the Marlo Hale to that role because he, we have seen him as an interim manager and it was not great. Um, right. But <laughs> normally this is what you would see and, and especially in a situation where you're, you're not looking to change the system because the system was fine. That's true of the Brewers, it's true of the Astros so it makes sense to go internal there. Um, the Astros, I mean, I'm half joking when I say this but like It seems like nobody wanted that job because nobody wants to deal with that. So, you know, promoting from within is probably the right move. And I think for the Brewers, you got caught flat-footed and you're scrambling because the guy kind of screwed you, right? So, you know, (laughs) you want to start a manager search now that you didn't know you were going to be making.
0: Right.
1: Yeah, I don't blame them um, for promoting from within.
0: You know, I I, I tell you what um, about this Astros promotion, um, it's kind of – on one hand, it didn't surprise me, but on the other hand, Samantha, like I, I look at that organization and, and, I, and I look at that team, and, and, and there's there's all kinds of ways you go. That's like, well, you know, the, the roster in place, and you know, th- this guy's been there, and he was he was essentially the, the stand-in for Dusty Baker. He was he was the understudy, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah of course, it all makes sense, right? But. This is the Astros we're talking about here. Like, like this, this is a different entity than we're used to seeing. Aren't you? I mean, I'm a little surprised that they didn't at least go out and look outside of the organization. At least not – some of the names that that were that were being tossed around, they they seem to not care. Well,
1: two things. You have to wonder if they did, and people were declining the interview. So we wouldn't true. necessarily know that because the interviewee is probably not going to. Publicize that, and the team certainly isn't going to publicize that. Especially if everybody's turning it out, right? Or like you don't want word getting out that like nobody even wants to talk to you about this job. So I think that's a possibility. I mean, maybe that's wishful thinking on my part, but I would like to believe that a lot of people who are aspiring managers don't want to get involved with that. Other thing that I think might be going on here is the Astros are probably headed into at least a soft rebuild. Mm-hmm. They have about a year left before all this contract stuff for them kind of comes home to roost, their farm system is not in great shape. Right. So I don't know that you necessarily haul someone in to make one more run for one more year. I mean, the, I guess the counter argument to that would be that they just did pretty much that with Dusty Baker um, for right. like two years. Yep. But, you know, with maybe one more year left before you're kind of forced into a soft rebuild, I wonder if you almost want to do something that you feel is perhaps a little bit more of a long-term
0: solution. <laughs> so I wonder if maybe that's what happened. Irby, so. how about you? You got any thoughts here on this? I will. Houston. Yeah, it's, well, Samantha makes it. It's a great point
2: of where, where there are turned downs left and right. Um, I didn't get a call back. Um, so unfortunately I could not take over <laughs> managing and help drive them into the ground. Um, but I, so yeah, I mean, whether it's, whether there was lots of people not interested or, or, or a spot was your guy, it, it it kind of worked out for him for the for the exact same that, that consistency of what they're gonna have with him is this this bench coach who's been there a while this this mainstay that's been there a while and and what you're gonna go through where you kind of go through a it's not an identity but 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 a, a redefining of who your identity is and if it's going to be new players or if you're going to keep the same. Um, dirty core around you know whatever it is that you're going to do like that's what they've got to figure out and having that consistency is not the worst thing in the world and frankly I'm actually kind of shocked like I fully expected Jim Crane to go you know like pure full-blown Ted Lasso and getting some some random non-manager and just throwing in there (laughs) just because they'd be a yes man like like I I truly believe that that was the direction he was going to go.
0: You know, as as arrogant as that front office is, I don't think they're that arrogant. I I, I could be wrong on that. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think what's interesting, one more thing here, Samantha, before we move on to our annual awards show. Um, Buck Showalter. Never. There wasn't even the hint of anything linking him to this job. Like nothing. I don't, I don't know if that's they just didn't want him or if that's Buck saying hell no. I don't know what that is, but you would have thought there at least have been some sort of a little bit of a whisper about bug going to Houston, especially once Washington was hired by Anaheim.
1: Yeah. You wonder, I mean, I think part of that might be that it almost feels like both sides maybe headed this off early. There was no, would you like to manage in this place? Well, or are you interested in, it's just that there was sort of a mutual disinterest between the two, perhaps, I mean, I would love for this to be that Buck was like, hell no. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But we don't know that, you know. And I I also think if I'm Buck, I I just came off a job that was like a PR disaster. I don't want another one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, and there's no motive. You know, it's not like we talked about, hey, you could take the Angels job, you could take the Padres job, and and you could have a, a nice life, at least in Southern California. Like, no one wants to move to Houston. Right. Like that is not a place that people go because it is so beautiful and such a lovely place to live. The only people who think Houston is great are people from Houston. So valid. It's not a desirable job in that way. And I also think Buck is
0: pretty old school. So I think the ethics of it would bother him. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Irby, anything else on these managers before we hand out some awards? No, no, I got to throw mine at the beginning, just wash, you know, saying
2: everything's going through Anaheim, of Los Angeles, of Orange County, of North America,
0: whatever. I can't I can't, like, I can't wait to see this. Like, I, I can't. <laughs> it's going to be no, so No, it's going to
2: be. It, it, like we said last week, if this is what he won, I'm happy he's getting another shot, but I... I'd have to believe that once they do some infielding drills or, or spring training drills he's gonna look at Anthony Rendon and just start screaming and yelling. <laughs> well <extremely> someone
1: <laughs> needs someone needs to scream and yell at Anthony Rendon.
2: So right, right, yeah. This
1: is exactly like what like, I mean, I don't know, man. Maybe Watch is just like maybe it'll make the Angels like entertaining bad instead of boring bad. I mean, I guess they've always been a little bit entertaining. True. But you know, no, he could he could bring some maybe um, charisma to it, perhaps.
2: I'm, a, I'm, just, I'm assuming he knows that Otani's not there anymore. I mean, Wash. Who knows? Well,
1: no, when... some, some days he knows that and some days he doesn't.
0: Fine. <laughs> fine. To be fair. Otani's not
2: in my lineup today.
0: No, he's not, <laughs> Wash. <laughs> to be fair, we don't know where Otani's going to go yet. Just, you know, just devil's advocate here. Okay.
1: Okay. <laughs> Would you say there is a 100% chance? He does not go back to
0: Anaheim. I would put because it. Because I, I, I
1: would say 100%. I, <laughs>
0: I'm going to give that the 100% treatment. I would put it at 99.5. I'm going to give him half of a percent to go back. Over. I'm going to give you the full 100. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
2: Yeah. My percentage is high enough that you can't go to school because you got a fever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Man. All right. Let's move on. It's awards time. That's right. Uh, For those of you new to the program, the lollygagging end-of-year awards in Major League Baseball, they're a little different than all these other awards that have been awarded over the last week, week and a half. You know, the really good players get all the attention in this game. We like to put a little bit of a spotlight on the just absolutely terrible so we we flip the script with our awards show. So uh, Samantha, we also name our awards after some players. Let's just throw that out there. Um, so the Tim Anderson Least Valuable Player Award, Samantha, we are awarding to. Wait for it, Tim Anderson. <laughs> yeah, you know you, you gotta. It works out so beautifully, right? Like you don't
1: even have to get the trophy engraved because his name's already on it. This is great. We can even save some money. Um, wonderful, <laughs> wonderful selection. I, you know, obviously there are loads of things about Tim Anderson that, if you think about MVP and how we talk about how that's a narrative award and it's about more than just the statistics. Once you put that piece into it, then Tim Anderson is like, it's inarguably the winner for this because he's like, a disaster. In every other way, you know, he's whatever adds value to a team, even if it doesn't happen directly on a baseball field, this guy's the opposite of that. So it's perfect. And even if you do go in and you dig into the numbers, depending, I suppose, on what you use as the like minimum number of plate appearances for the cutoffs, he actually is statistically the worst player in baseball. (laughs) So, you know. I just, this is unanimous, right? This is like Derek Cole with the side. Yeah, this is
0: a unanimous winner here. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm going to ask each of you to give an honorable mention, but I don't really think we need one here, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, You have an honorable mention on this one, Samantha, for least valuable player? Cam Gallagher. Ooh. Okay. Irby, what are your thoughts here, and who's your honorable mention? Um, I, well,
2: my honorable mention always um, will be rooting at Odor until he retires. Oh, so it's always Odor.
0: Poor Odor. No.
2: <laughs> no, not really, no. What but, did but, he do to you, man? But, <laughs> no, he, he played baseball and thought he was great. Like, he, he hit a home run and would pound his chest and strike out the next 30 at bats. <laughs> and then he hit another home run and pound his chest. Jeez. But the beautiful thing about always bringing up Odor, the negative, is that we always get to bring up the positive of that one day. That he was the hero for all of us, so I will always appreciate that. I think I still have that shirt. I'll even wear that shirt this week. Okay, the day that you know we messed with Texas and, and Jose Bautista also had his career ended. It's a beautiful <laughs> moment, like 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 it's a Shakespearean moment where basically after that punch, both of their careers never were the same. Amazing Netflix, jump all over that Shakespearean moment. But um, the Anderson stuff, yes, love this. Uh, so amazing. Um, he. I think my favorite thing is, you, Samantha, you mentioned that the diving into the statistics of it. And, yes, Tim scored two more runs in the season than he did last year. Um, he had the exact same number of 25 RBI and 13 stolen base as he did in his 2022 campaign. The unfortunate thing is, is that this season he played 46 more games and pulled off those same numbers. So not good there, Tim. Not good. Good, uh, but a nice 56 point drop off on his batting average. That's not easy to do. Uh, but unfortunately, with a 245 batting average this season, there's more room to go. So, yes, Tim Anderson with a minus two on the war <laughs> literally would have been better if he had
0: just not played. Oh, man. All right. Next on the list. The John Smoltz Worst Pitcher of the Year. Also, I think this was a unanimous choice as well. Uh, worst Pitcher of the Year, Samantha, goes to Christian Javier of the Astros, who, if you watch him in the postseason, you would be very surprised to see that from, from a pure statistical standpoint, was one of the worst pitchers in baseball during the regular season.
1: Yeah, truly remarkable turnaround, right? One one must ask oneself, what, what did he, what was he getting up to Ooh. all of a sudden postseason? One, yeah. one must ask this question: mm-hmm. When it is the Astros? What what has changed? Um, do we have a reverse banging scheme No, well, Maybe, um, possibly. But yeah, I mean, you guys know part of the reason we're getting this to Javier is because we're trolling. Um, he was not statistically the worst pitcher in nope. baseball. Just one of them, but. But he was bad. I mean, he was definitely amongst the worst in the regular season. I mean, it was truly awful. It's interesting to see how it kind of flip-flopped in the postseason where, you know, all we were hearing is Christian Javier is the best starter in the postseason. And it's like, I and no thanks to him that they even got there. So, yeah, um, you know, not technically, statistically the worst, but bad enough to be in the running um, and also – I think you have to give, like, this isn't like a Cy Young, right? This is a little bit different, and this is not just the reverse Cy Young here. So I think you have to give consideration to the fact that, you know, where would the Astros have been record-wise? Would it have changed anything for them? I mean, I think the answer is probably not, because they got upset by a team that finished behind them. But would it have changed something for them in terms of the fact that, really, you know, their season should have been a lot better than it was if he had even been, like, average?
0: Alright, Erby, worst pitch of the year goes to Christian Javier. What do you think? Don't I, don't I get to do an honorable mention? You do. Go ahead.
1: Uh I mean this has to be Jordan Lyles, right? Just because he was so bad, like statistically, like mm-hmm. so bad. I mean, I want to give it to James Kieranchak, but that's not even close to true. So, Jordan Lyles, it is.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Erby, you're up, buddy. Uh yes, love the uh <laughs>
2: Love the love the Christian Javier. Uh, yeah, it wasn't a horrible season, but you know what? It didn't happen when it mattered. And and, and then Javier, you know, it seemed as though, you know, last season, and, and I guess that's part of it is because of what he did last season uh, during the regular season and in the postseason. He was locked out absolutely perfect. And when it mattered the most, you know, in October he had four starts, three of them on the road. But on that last one, it was at home. And it just encompasses everything. Everything of that Game 7 of the ALCS. At home, Houston at home, make a big deal about winning the division, you get to be at home, but you can't win a frickin' home game. And Christian Javier can't even get out of the first inning in the game that mattered the most. So, yep, yep, what mattered most, you were outpitched by an aging, hurting Max Scherzer.
0: Yeah, he actually got hurt in that game. What was They went one in five at home in the postseason, right? Do I have that correct? They lost all four in the ALCS and one in the division series. Yeah, yeah. That's not going to get you to the World win. Series. <laughs> this is not going to do it. Uh, what about honorable mention? Do you have one of those? Um. Yeah, I. Oh man,
2: holy nice long. I, I. It's going to have to be. Um, you know, it's it's tough because I appreciate what he did and everything for my team. And at one point, but um, yeah, Lance Lynn, uh, Lance Lynn, man, when when it was um when it was bad, <laughs> it was bad. Um, and this is this is as a White Sox and as a Dodger, like it was. Uh, he he did. There were a couple of outings, like like Lance Lynn. I will give him credit. He did have the the handful of outings. In which he took care of business and you know didn't give up any runs or gave up one, but consistently when it was it was you know postseason, which is short of a postseason it was for the Dodgers. But even down the run, when after like a bullpen game or, or something where things didn't go right and and it felt like Dave Roberts could turn to Lance Lynn and be like, "Hey, really need you today, man. Need six innings. Help our
0: bullpen out." Those are the days that Lance went. <laughs> Not today. <laughs> You know what? This is how bad it was. Right? This happens every every baseball season, multiple dozens of upon dozens of times. Right? You see a player hit a very long foul ball, one that goes barely foul. Right? You you have to actually do the slow mo to see does it go in front of the um does it go in front of the the pole to be a fair ball or a foul ball? And then immediately, like the next pitch, they strike out or they line out. You know, they don't get the in the playoffs, the Diamondbacks, you know, this happened. You know, they get the long foul ball, and then Lynn just gives up the home run anyway. That's how bad it was for him. Yeah, not great. Not <laughs> great. <laughs> All right. The Golden Sombrero, worst hitter of the year, Smith. It's a theme. It's theme night on gagging Sports, because that also goes to one Tim Anderson.
1: He is going to be like Taylor Swift at the Grammys, man. He's just leaning up here. This is great. I mean, nothing went right for Tim this year. I mean, he was awful at baseball. His teammates hate him, and he got knocked out by Jose Ramirez in what is perhaps one of the most embarrassing non-fight fights that has ever occurred in baseball. So a new day for Tim has dawned, and now he's in a position that, you know, he can be a winner. I mean, it's not really the kind of winner that you want to be, but, you know, there, there are trophies. He shall take home trophies. At least two of them. We'll see. There might be more. <laughs> who's your honorable mention? Once again, Cam Gallagher. Oh,
0: boy. Another multiple winner. We're just, <laughs> we're just in a giving mood tonight. Okay. Mm-hmm. Irby, how about you? <laughs> Tim Anderson for worst hitter of the year, and who's your honorable mention? Um, whew, yeah, I, well, honorable
2: mention, I'll, I'll stay with, with the, with the odor because he just, he just did not hit or anything. Um, but Tim, yeah, I kind of, and, and, you know, the worst hitter because of, you know, the, you know we kind of talked about the numbers and how they're the exact same as last season. And yet you played a whole lot more games, um, but he did strike out two and a half times as more. So, you know, it did improve that. Uh, or that's not an improvement. Yeah. Sorry, Tim. Uh, but yeah, it's the, Samantha, I'm glad you brought it up. Cause that was the other one I was going to bring up. Like you definitely are the worst hitter when you're the guy losing the fight. And, and the problem with that, it's the beautiful thing. of We've seen many fights like that. It's the winning guy has his teammates around. Like, it's kind of an outnumbered thing. We saw that with Nolan Ryan, Robin Ventura. You know, a lot of times, Charge of the Mount, and same thing. Tim had his teammates there, and Jose knocked him out. <laughs> so, another reason for you to worst hitter. I mean, that's although I guess that's the best hit he got all day, all season long. Where's best hit e though? Best
1: hit e. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. So there. Best, there there best you
2: go. There's yeah. another award for him. Best hit e. You you, you <laughs> absorb the punch very well. <laughs> Down goes Anderson. Down. Oh, I'm so glad that was fantastic. I'm going to watch that video tonight now. Thank you. That's
1: awesome. I, You don't even want to know how many times I've watched that video? Yes, I do. Because <laughs> we'll I'm the same too. with the Odor Batista. Like, I could on a moment. I like
2: agree. It's,
1: so it's not small. <laughs> definitely more than 50. Ah. <laughs>
2: uh.
0: Oh, have you been knocked out? Oh. My bad. I was on mute. The Dave Roberts. Jose Ramirez hit you too? Is that what happened? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just, I just, Are I just, you? I forgot. I would muted myself on my little board here. That's okay. Moving on. <laughs> Dave Roberts, worst manager of the year. We did, we had some fun with this one because, Honestly, I mean, yeah, there were some underachieving teams. There were some bad teams. There were some bad you know, decisions made by managers all season long. But none of them were worse than the general manager of the Padres thinking that he could fill out the lineup cards for Bob Melvin. So since he felt like he could do that, Samantha, we're going to award A.J. Preller the worst manager of the year award. I mean, manager is in his title. So I, th- I think we, we can we just exploit that loophole.
1: It's just in, to the regional manager, which I believe is something Andy Bernard, if you were listening uh, a couple of weeks ago when we got into <laughs> that whole thing, um, was a title that he did, uh, in fact, retain at one point. So, um, yeah, this is amazing. And congratulations to Dave Roberts for not winning the award that is named after him this year. So. <laughs> improvement in performance. Good job. But yeah, I think it takes a special kind of arrogance to decide that not only are you going to be like objectively crappy at your job as a general manager, but you are going to take your objective crappiness and make yourself the manager, thus infiltrating that part of your team as well. So that even the lineup card is not safe from you and your weird machinations. It's just absolutely incredible. I mean, we know there are other teams that do this, right? Like, you will never, ever convince me that Kevin Cash fills out as a lineup card. I just don't believe the Rays would ever operate that way. But it's working for them, right? Like, their front offices, even if we don't agree with their philosophy, competent. They're very competent. <laughs> this guy can't even do his own job, and he's going to go to the other guy's job. You know, the other guy being a very experienced and well-respected actual manager, so, yes, AJ. <laughs> oh,
0: boy. You bring uh, this one. Who, who's your honorable mention? Um, Dave Roberts. Oh, <laughs> he almost got out of it. He almost escaped.
1: Oh, oh, wait. No, you know what? I'll take it back. I'll take it back. I will give it to Craig Council for postseason season extraordinarily bad behavior, getting another man fired and then acting as though you are a hero to your colleagues. He can have it. We'll give Dave the year off.
0: Well, I mean, you will. Erby's up next and he may, he may not. Erby, what do you got here? For uh, no, 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 here? no, no. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, no, I, I
2: wholeheartedly agree with this decision here. I mean, everything, anything and everything that could go wrong. Um, so yeah, AJ Preller, um, well done, Andy Bernard. Yeah, well done, Mr. Cornell. I yeah, it, it's it's not easy to do. But um, honorable mention, I'll do uh, Bud Black. Uh, he falling short of the goal, twenty two games short of five hundred. It's not acceptable. You
0: know, it's, it's there's a standard that's been set, and yeah, not even a high standard. I know. Like, like, like,
2: like, like you got to give it to ownership. Like we're setting the standard as the floor. <laughs> and, and, and poor Bud, they, they couldn't even do that.
0: No, nope, nope, nope. He found the basement.
1: All right. Do you think that was that mistakenly he entered the lineup card for
2: Cornell Hofstra? Slaughter. <Schmatter. laughs> right. With AJ Preller, anything is possible.
0: Anything is possible. <laughs> All right. Clubhouse Cancer of the Year. Tim Anderson, come on down. You got three, buddy. By the way, just again, this is not an awards show where you want to have multiple awards, and he's going to get his third one here, Samantha. Clubhouse Cancer. Oh, my God. It's a hat trick.
1: Um, This is just amazing. Tim, you have really outdone yourself. I mean, it's a little bit like shooting the moon, right? Like, if you're going to be bad. You just got to go all in and just clean up on every possible award you could be eligible for. And he's doing an outstanding job of that now because, like, he doesn't pitch. You know, he's not a manager or a front office person masquerading as a manager, as, as was the case uh, in one particular instance. But so far, you know, he's won all of the awards that he's technically eligible for. So, way to go with him. Clean I mean, we're proud of you. I mean, if it's possible to be a worse clubhouse cancer than baseball player, like, this is, like, the one where we put the little, like... You know, this is the peak award, right? Like, of all the awards, this is the one that he won the most strongly. I mean, they were all unanimous, but, you know, um, it, it's just hard to top this guy. There, there, there is no category, you know, if you talk about, like, oh, was he statistically the worst player in baseball? Well, there are arguments you could make for other people as LVP, as a worse hitter, sure, you can't make an argument for anybody being a bigger clubhouse
0: dancer than Tim Anderson. You just can't. It doesn't exist. It's not possible. So, Well, who comes in second then? Who's your honorable mention? Tim Anderson. Oh, man. <laughs> I didn't know that was an option.
2: In Tim Anderson's world, it is. I'm going to take first. I'm going to take second. I'm going to take third. Uh, <laughs> best head he's dead all night. <laughs>
0: All right, everybody what do you got here? What are your thoughts? Honorable mention and all that fun stuff. I well I, I'm
2: not taking this away from Tim. Yeah. It's, even if I were voting, I would take my ballot back and I would I would vote for Tim. Like this is the, the you know, Tim is the politician that stands outside the vo- the voting uh venue and, and is and is working hard to get every last vote. So yes, yeah, Tim, it's yours. You got the whole podium. First, second, third, all yours. Um <laughs> I yeah, it's it's you know, I, I my only honorable mention. I'll, I'll I'll just throw it like I'm. I you know maybe we give it to like Hunter Strickland or Jonathan Papelbon. Maybe that's the issues that Bryce Harper still has. I don't know because they were so bad <laughs> so long ago. Wow. Because I don't want to give anyone current. I could see was that Well, Bo, I up until we won a World Series, I was constantly still giving mine to Vicente Padilla. Like I, I uh, still one of the worst teammates ever. Valid,
0: yeah. Or, or, yeah. or Carlos Gomez. Like, uh. <laughs> Yeah, you know what, Samantha? We're gonna need Vincente Padilla, and let's remember some trades at some point. Because I'm curious, what the hell happened to that guy? Oh, okay. Note it. (laughs) Note it. Very curious. I I don't don't know if I want to (laughs) know. He's probably in a Mexican no, prison somewhere.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's like at least a thirty percent chance that guy is in
0: prison.
1: <laughs> at least sharing his out with Sidney Fonseca. <laughs>
0: he had uh, <laughs> he had some anger management issues. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> All right. Well, actually, I did have an honorable mention for this one, uh, and I, no explanation needed. I'm just going to say his name, Anthony Rendon. Yeah,
1: yeah. There okay. we go.
0: Mm-hmm. No. Yep. <laughs> yep. Fair. No yep. English. No English. English. No, I'm English. No. I'm
2: from America, but, yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> you think that's, today. think that's
2: what no. he said when
0: he met Wash the first time? No English. <laughs> if he did, Wash is going to make sure he's riding the bench, which he'll probably do it himself anyway. I
1: feel like Wash would just look at him and shake his head and just be like, no.
0: No. And walk away. I'm <laughs> our
2: third baseman.
0: Not anymore. All right, two more awards to hand out before we get into football. Uh, The Carl Pavano worst free agent signing of the year also goes to a Yankee. Carlos Radon. Boy, did he have a bad year. Yeah, I...
1: Wow. Um and I, I feel bad about this because I, I like Carlos Rodon. He seems like a good guy. Like, I you know he feels really bad, but like this was horrible. Horrid. And it is in you know, it's also I think we must give some consideration when we talk about how we voted for this, to the fact that like this the Yankees are like a lifetime achievement winner in this category. You know, like there was Carl Pavano, there was AJ Burnett. Like, there's, I mean, they're just, I could give you a list of probably 10 of them. Uh, just absolutely, like, horrific free agent pitcher signings by the Yankees. So, I mean, it only makes sense, right? And Radon's just, oh my gosh, like, yikes. It's like, and he got the double, the injury and ineffectiveness, like, thing going together. So,
0: <laughs> don't forget Hideki Arabu in that, in that mix.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's another one,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your audible mention?
1: Um, oh, gosh. I, it's got to be uh, Contreras, right, um, in St. Louis. You know, remember that was the big dunk, you oh, know? No, like, yeah. oh, we stole a guy from within our division, and then the guy got himself into a bit of a situation where it was like the pitchers didn't want to pitch to him, and then the team had to come back and say no, they didn't mean that. Pitchers had to come back and say no, we didn't mean it. Yeah, that was a mess. I mean, I think we all kind of forgot about that because it was at the beginning of the season, but like, I want everyone to remember that it was
0: bad. <laughs> the, the great St. Louis arm mutiny of 2023. <laughs> Irby, oh, 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 you just gave the. I'm sorry, you just gave your arm a mention, Samantha. Irby, how about you? I, well, yeah,
2: Rodon, like this is, um, you know, a very well designed. of calling this the Carl Pavano, you know, award because this is kind of the same thing here, <laughs> um, it and, and definitely made a whole lot worse with his, you know, his buddy uh, <laughs> Garrett Cole winning himself another other Cy Young award, winning a Cy Young award today, so that didn't help. Um, but uh, I, yeah, it, it's it, it, it makes you wonder with with Rodon, like what what happened the last two years with the Giants and then the White Sox. Like, why? How did you pull that off? <laughs> with these sub three ERAs and then, boom, we're right back up to okay. Yep, yep, we corrected ourselves. So, um, yeah. Well, do you have an honorable mention? Um, honorable mention. Oh man, I. Hmm. Tim Anderson didn't sign a free agency, right? This year, is that right? He wouldn't. Know.
0: No, I don't think so. <laughs> no, but you can give it to him
2: next
1: year. <laughs> next year? just <laughs> You can give it to him now for next year if you'd
2: like. <laughs> In fact, let's just go ahead. Whoever signs Tim Anderson, which we do know that the lead candidate is Ron Washington's Angels. Uh, <laughs> oh, so, God. yeah, I'm going to just based on that rumor alone, Tim wins the award. Yeah, for honorable mention of for <sighs> signing. It's such a bad signing in 2024. You win the award in
0: 2023. And, uh, you know, Wash, if you're listening, buddy, you're not going to the same type of front office that she had in Texas, man. This <laughs> is not happening. <sighs> really meets the owner. I appreciate the enthusiasm, <laughs> though. I do. All right, one more. The Jerry Tapoto worst trade of the year Uh we really decided on this one not, not to point to one specific because we had a team that just as a whole had a series of really bad trades. And probably Chief of Us is the trade they didn't make at the deadline. Uh, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, Sacramento, Southern Baja, <laughs> just in general, are our worst trade of the year. I, yeah, it's it's
1: impossible to isolate a single trade because you just have to pick one of the ones they made. So why not go with the whole enchilada? It's there. Nobody else did anything that's even close. So they won like one series, right? Like right before the deadline, and they were like, "Oh, okay, you know what? Now we're in it for the World Series." And they made a series of completely baffling trades none of which should have been made in the first place because they were grossly overestimating their ability to stay in the playoff race, which I think we all knew. Mm -hmm. Then they did a whole bunch of really, really stupid things that weren't going to help them at all. I mean, if you're going to do that, you at least got to make trades that might have a fighting chance of helping you, right? And instead, it was like, let's get Lucas Mm Giolito. He's been terrible where he was. I'm sure he'll get better here, though, because everybody gets better when they go to Anaheim, right? Anthony Rendon, right? Um, Okay, Mm -hmm. no. Um, and then And then... They don't trade Otani, which is like the one thing they probably should have been doing at the deadline to at least try to get some value back there. And then, when we get to the point where you could pick people on favors, they took all the people that they traded for and stuck them out there in an attempt to make a salary dump that indicated that number one, it was you know it's going to prompt a rule change, probably partly because of what they did, partly because of what the Guardian said, but um. <laughs> just a horrendously transparent attempt to make a salary dump of a whole bunch of people who you could argue could have gone to a contender like a real contender but instead you swooped in there and you screwed up your team and you decimated your farm since which had basically nothing left in it anyway yeah. so just all around you know 15 out of 10 no notes worst trade God, of the year
0: and the worst part about that was they had that one player I forget his name Irby, Irby, I'm sure you'll be able to tell me uh, he he was not claimed the first time, so they stuck him with waivers again. Hunter. Renfro. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, no. Um,
1: yeah, poor, <laughs> it was poor Hunter Renfro.
0: Like got exposed to that once, but twice. Still didn't get picked the second time around. I mean, that's gonna be great for his ego. Yeah. Wow. It's
2: time to retire, Win. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants you. Not even the team that you're on. Time to go play in
0: Japan. Oh boy! Uh, all right, Samantha, do you have an honorable mention?
1: Um, I mean, realistically, it's probably Lance Lynn, but I love Lance Lynn, so I'm not going to do that. I'm going to decline. I have saved
2: <laughs> All right, Tim right. Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we recap. Yeah, it was. It was. Like the Angels, you, you rarely do we, we see teams, good GMs, good front offices talk about the best trades they ever made or the ones they never did, you know, the times that they've thought twice and they didn't pull the trigger. Right. Um, that is that is consistently talked about like that. And there's the flip side of the trades that you regret and then the times that you regret not pulling the trigger. And the Angels, I mean, it's, it's amazing that you can pull off both in the same month. Of not trading the guy you needed to trade and trading for guys that you should trade, getting rid of the players you. Tra- I mean, it's just it's incredible, hands down. Like like that is that is script worthy. Like that is, that is amazing. Well done. Um, so good job. Honorable mention, uh, just for trolling's sake. Uh, good job, Astros. You got Justin Verlander back. Aren't you happy? I thought about that one too. <laughs> you gave up your top two prospects for a guy that didn't get the job done. So. For everybody in the West, which apparently the Angels are going to be running, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Which, I did have a, a fun little nugget on that, too. I, I asked Astros fan, upset about that. Why would we give up our best two? Most teams don't do that. I'm like, well, yeah, but your best two aren't like everyone else's best two. Your, your best two are okay. <laughs> right. Everyone else's best two are good. So- <laughs>
0: How about for an honorable mention, and, and this is a Jerry Dipoto trade, so it's very fitting for this. Paul Seawald, why are you dealing your closer if you expect to to compete? This is the second year in a row he's done this, Samantha. It's the
1: second. Can we row. give him like a lifetime achievement or like a decade achievement, like best of the 2020s, for just the fact that two years in a row he inexplicably traded his closer? Like I mean, the last one was worse. Traded it to the division rival. Right. We competing with and then said it will make sense later and I just want to point this out we're going to continue to follow up on this on this podcast until we get an answer Jerry told us it will make sense later after he traded Kendall Graveman to the Astros that was in the year of our Lord 2022 we still don't have an answer so check that for updates we're going to be doing this until they kick us off the air or we all die
0: maybe maybe that was the point of that whole 54% rant that was his explanation and why it makes sense I mean, I perhaps, but I don't have any confirmations. Out, so I have to continue <laughs> asking the question. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Erby, anything else on this before we get into football? I know. Well, the only thing is, is maybe it's the, um,
2: you know, the, 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 the that trade, the, the one that the Graven where now it would make sense. Possibly, you know, Joe Smith was actually going to pull it off and maybe his relief appearances were going to shut down the Rangers in game seven. So, or, or not just Game 7, but but in the ALCS. So maybe that's what it was. Is DePoto was always about just eliminating the Astros, even if i met the Rangers winning. But that would be a Jerry thing. It's like, not even my team winning. I just want to beat them. So maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Wouldn't have made that Seawall trade.
0: <laughs> no. Nobody would except for Jerry DePoto. <laughs> that's what's sad. All right, well. That'll conclude the award show uh, of the evening. Uh, We don't have anything free agency to discuss yet, but as soon as we do, we will bring our usual flair to that conversation, especially when Mr. Atani decides where he wants to go. Uh, For now, let's shift gears, Smith. Let's go to football. Uh, I've got to lead off. I'm sure there's a lot of shows this week leading off with this when when it comes to football, but yes, it was that bad the other night. The Buffalo Bills... Looked as bad as I've really ever seen them look, and that's saying something. They're five and five. They're what a game and a half. The two back in the loss column. I know that of, of Miami. What is the level of concern here in Buffalo? I mean,
1: I I think my biggest concern about this is that like their defense completely blew that game at the end, and then they fired the offensive coordinator right that wasn't that wasn't great that didn't feel great um also like i think that upsetting your quarterback by firing an offensive coordinator that, that he feels particularly loyal to is not helpful especially when you've got you know your local village idiot running his mouth off Wide receiver. Not going to name any names. I'm sure you know what I means, Same guy ran his mouth off in Minnesota because everything mm-hmm. wasn't going perfectly for him. Yep. So you know they got they got some problems there right now. It, it is concerning. Um, after the last couple of years. Um, I will say this. I mean, I had more fun watching that game than I typically do watching football these days because at least it was entertaining. I mean, it's, it's a hilarious way to end a game, right? <laughs> like you hit the like. Somebody calls back-to-back zero blitzes, and you're like, what are you doing, dummy? And then the DPI, which, I mean, we need, we need to have a conversation about competition committee stuff and, like, whether we should be calling DPI on badly underthrown bubbles because I think we need to yeah. relitigate that. But it's, it absolutely violates the rule as it is currently constituted. So, yes, that is DPI. And then this idiot misses the chip-shot field goal. What a gift. And you have 12 men on the field. I mean, I just wow, wow! <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, who is in charge here? <laughs>
0: I mean, Irby, we really have to call this an institutional failure by the Buffalo Bills the other night. Like, it was that bad. Uh, yes, this is this
2: is where I, I wish we had Denny Green or, or Herm Edwards to give us some great soundbite of of that, or, or Jim Morris Senior. Like, because that was. Oh, man. And, and and the thing, like, when I, when I did my coaching, I, I'm the press box coach. So, you know the coach up there is seeing it. Like, right before the snap, moments before the snap, he's doing it and just starts screaming, we've got 12 on the field. In like, horror. It's just, I, I, horror. Yeah, yeah. In <laughs> well, horror because there's nothing you can do at that point. It's like, we got 12 on the field. I I choice words in there as well and broken headset. But it's just. Yeah, this is. Um, we we joke. It's it's kind of funny. It's, it, and I, I think about in the years that we've been doing this, of how we've progressed through this this era of Bills football. And, and by no means am I saying it's closed. You know, I mean, this is a five and five team with a plus seventy eight. Okay, so they're doing some things right. They just need to rediscover what those things are, <laughs> and really soon. Um, but this. How this started, it was almost kind of like, yeah, we're not quite sure these guys are good, big hands. You know, we made those jokes many times. Uh, It's been fun. But this is an era now, of this Bills team, that it is, you know, credit to the Dodgers. At least they finally pulled one off. I know they were cheated out of one, but they did win one. I don't know how this Bills era, like if this is starting to close and they've got to go into some kind of rebuild for a couple years, I don't know, because this is not good. This is not pointing in the right direction. I, I do want to believe, you like, look at the talent on that roster, look at the, God damn, I was about to say, look at the leadership, but I don't know if we can say that anymore. Like, I, I don't think I'm allowed to say, look at the leadership, because you can't now, because that is just it, it, absolutely unacceptable. The play that matters, the final play to win the game, and you have 12 men on the field, like I know these things happen. And I hear that these things happen. Yeah, they happen week one when we're trying to figure the team out. Mm-hmm, yeah. They happen in pre stuff like that. When it freaking matters, they cannot happen. That is that is lose your job bad. And I I, I don't have answers anymore. And it's it's one of those that you want to defend because there's there's a of players, and this has been a fun team to watch, and they are entertaining. I will give the Bills that, <laughs> whether it's on the on the field or or the things leading to on the field, like they they are entertaining. They they are must see TV, uh, and and but oh, man, I, I just I can't defend it anymore because it is a leadership issue, it is, it, and that's where the starts because that mistake is absolute. Unacceptable, and the best view is the the silent Peyton Manning because that's the same thing he's sitting there. Like I can't, I can't with it. I can't. How do we? How do you make that mistake?
0: Yeah, you know, another concern here, Samantha. that I've got the Broncos and the Patriots are two of the worst teams in football. Bills have lost to them both, and this week was particularly bad like i'm seeing i'm looking at five and five and yeah the point differentials you know that's all fine and dandy but i don't see a team that's going to catch miami and buffalo and buffalo yeah, still has to play the chargers they've
2: been
1: they've been weird i mean i i don't know that i agree that one of the worst teams in football um their record certainly doesn't indicate that um but they they were bad and, and the patriots are bad but it's weird right because buffalo beat miami like they they kind of creamed up You know, and then they lose to the Patriots. So to me, it's, like, really inconsistent, and it's hard to know what to make of these guys because some weeks they show up and some weeks they don't, which I think is indicative of an organizational and sort of this is a management issue, right? This is where you have to start looking at your coach and being like, what's going on here? Like, why can you show up and play really, really good playoff team quality football against the Dolphins? And then, like, you do this against the Broncos, and you just have, like, a terrible, terrible technical showing against the Patriots and like, and some of this too is like, I mean, I kind of want to come back to the 12 men on the field issue because I I kind of wanted to point out that there are two different types of 12 men on the field, right? It's all one penalty. It doesn't matter which one you do, but there are two ways that this penalty happens. And one of them, and this is the thing I would have been more forgiving if this had happened. Sometimes you get called for this because you're making a substitution and the 12th guy just can't get off the field fast enough. Like, he's still technically inbounds. And if that had been what happened, I would have been like, wow, that's a bummer. That sucks. You know, but this, I mean, you can look at it. Go back and look at the film. You can count them. There's 11 dudes at the line of scrimmage and one dude behind. So, like, no, there were literally 12 people lined up to that play. So this is the bad kind of 12 men on the field. (laughs) And this is where you start to think, like, who's running? (laughs) I I just, I mean, I don't know. Like, I I think it is very premature to say, like, Sean McDermott, like, (laughs) needs to be on the hot seat. But at the same time, like, you're losing games you should win. You're losing them in horrific and embarrassing fashion. You look disorganized. You look like nobody knows who's in charge. There's a lot going on here that's bad. If this was execution failures, I would be more sympathetic to it. But, like, I mean, it just, they don't even look like the same team. This doesn't look like the same team that beat Miami. Uh-uh. Like, what, who are you people? Oh, uh,
0: oh. Imposters. It's bad. It's bad. <laughs> Apparently, they're imposters. Oh, boy. we got anything on the, else on the Bills before we move on?
2: No, just look it up real quick. So they had already used their last time out. I was just... <laughs> going to make it ten times worse if they had had a timeout. But no, it's a great point, Samantha. Thank you. Because, yeah, there's two different ways of doing this, and that is one of you can't, you just can't. But I I don't know. I, I You know, this is a team where you look at the with the schedule ahead, and boy, they've got some heavy, heavy hitters coming up, and they will probably win those games and then lose that game in Los Angeles to the Chargers. <laughs> so, right. I don't know. I mean, but, but this is a Bill's team. Like, the missing the playoffs finishing up below 500 is a real conversation right now. And you have plenty of time to write that ship, but that I starting late. It has to start immediately because this is you you it's about to get tough. I mean, they got the jets. Oh, you can't even beat them, but yeah,
0: mm-hmm.
2: not, not looking
0: good. All right. Let's flip the script. Let's talk about something positive. Uh, who is the biggest surprise threat within their division? Samantha, let's start with you. The biggest surprise threat within their division, the Texans or the Vikings?
1: Ooh, okay, because because the criteria is surprise, I'm going to go with the Texans. If you're asking me like, who I think has the more legit shot, it's the Vikings. But the more surprising one is the Texans. Like, I think that, I mean, I did not think the Texans were going to be as bad as a lot of people thought. I mean, they have, like, what looks like maybe a top-ten defense, and that I expected coming in. I did not expect their offense to be particularly productive. I did not expect them to be able to put together whatever mess of a team they have there right now and turn it into something that looks like what it does right now. So ultimately, I think this team is probably going to fall off a little bit. I think they have a way worse chance of actually getting to the postseason than the Vikings, and some of it has to do with what the competition looks like, and some of it has to do with the fact that I think C.J. Stroud's playing over his head, and I'm not knocking C.J. Stroud, so everybody calm down. He looks like he's going to be a great quarterback, but I do think there's going to be a little bit of regression to the mean there. The defense is going to keep on doing what it's doing, but I think it's going to be a little bit tougher. The Vikings do play hard schedule, so we'll see. But and but oh also the Vikings are spectacular at like screwing stuff up that they should be able to do easily so there is that floating around out there as well. However, Josh Dobbs is not Kirk Cousins, so that's a piece of this too. And I think the Vikings are a very legitimate playoff contender. I don't know how far they can get, but I think they're they're legit for that. But as far as who's more surprising and in a way, I would also argue far more impressive, it's the Texans.
0: Irby, same question for you. Who's your bigger surprise here, the Texans or the Vikings?
2: I I think I, I, I'm going to answer the same way of just the, the surprise because of the Texans of where it was. But it's not as shocking of a surprise because I, I'm a big D'Amico Ryans fan, and I, and I love that hiring. Hate, hated losing him as the defense coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers, but love that hiring for Houston. He played there for the Texans. Great hiring, and and it's not shocking of the culture that he's brought and that this turnaround, you know, at you know because of the division, it's a little bit easier. Sure. I mean, the Titans can't even remember. They have Derrick Henry half the time. Um, but, yeah, for them to – I mean, they're getting the job done. So, great job, Texans. Keep it up. They, they've got some – you know, it's not the easiest, not the hardest schedule. They've got their two games with the Titans left, thanks to uh, our schedule makers. They haven't played them yet. And it's twice in the last three weeks. But the Vikings, it's the same thing. Um, yeah, I come on, really. Yeah, week week was it sixteen and eighteen? The the Vikings and the Lions play, and the Titans and the Texans play same weeks. Um, so yeah, you haven't even played this team, so that's where I, I with you, Samantha, as well. Like the Vikings, they do have that better chance of winning the division. You are there with a Lions team that is looking great, but the defense at times scares me. And you literally have a rocket scientist as your quarterback now, and he's getting the job done as he. Still learning the players' names. Fantastic. Love that story. But those two haven't played yet. Like, like, You've got two of the last three, Lions and Vikings, and that's going to be very interesting down the stretch. But, yeah, the, to answer the question, well, yes, the shock would be the, Titan, the, the the Texans there, but it's not as big of a shock just because i full believer in D'Amico Ryan, love what he's doing, and, and he has just started that process there.
0: Well, I agree with both of you. Because <clears throat> the Texans even being competitive surprised the heck out of me. <laughs> so, but I, you know, I'm, I'm gonna give it to him, uh, CJ Stroud. I agree with you, Samantha. I think he's a little over his head right now. He's gonna come back a little bit, but coming back a little bit from where he's at right now is still pretty damn good. So, interesting to see how his how his career trajectory continues. Okay, one more thing before we call it a week. Now. I brought this up off-air off because off uh, I, I can't get enough of, of, of Robert Kraft and his his in-game sweet shots. Samantha, you know, where he's, he's, he's hanging his head. <laughs> he's saying, he's mumbling things. People are trying to read his lips to see if Bill Belichick's going to be fired or not. Right, that's where we're at. So hey, let me wonder, what other owners are melting down? What owners... Are not melting down but should be melting down. Maybe a little meltdown index. You got a off the top of your head you can think of that is either melting down and why or should be melting down and not. Well, I mean, let's start with Robert Kraft,
1: who, like, I think this is somewhat performative, considering, like, how successful your team has been over the last, like, several decades. Like, Uh chill out, man. You're having a bad year. You need to calm down. Like, um, but it is funny because he looks at various points. If you go back through those shots, like, either Eeyore or that Bernie Sanders meme. So, that's (laughs) fine. But, um, other than that, I mean, you know, I mean, you have to look at Jerry, right? Because Jerry's always having a meltdown. Jerry's resting state is meltdown, and it doesn't matter if the Cowboys have won two games, or if they've won 12, like, that that is Jerry's resting state, so we just respect that, right? Like, we don't say he should be melting down, he shouldn't be melting down, we just accept that this is Jerry as he is constituted, right? Yeah. So, we'll put Jerry out there. Um I think, for me, it's more really about who is, like, not having a meltdown, but should be, and, like, I mean, you have to put the Pegulas on that list, right? After Monday night, like, I mean, yes. those are not meltdown people, but, like, perhaps there should be a form of meltdown that comes. And, like, I, after today's news, I don't know why Jimmy Haslam isn't melting down except for that perhaps he, too, has fallen into sort of the same trap as Browns fans where it's, like, it's just, like, this stuff just keeps happening and happening and happening. Then you stop reacting to it because it's just, like, oh, yes, of course. Of course the quarterback who you paid a ton of money for, who was a complete disaster, finally has a good game. And then it turns out he has a broken shoulder and he's done for the season. So, I mean, if there's ever meltdown territory, it's that. And that dude's just like, yeah, okay. Like, we haven't really even heard from him on this, I believe, as of this recording. So that seems weird to me. But also on brand because the Browns are doing things that don't make sense. So, you know, that tracks. That uh, part tracks. Sure. But, you know, other than that, um, you know, David Tepper's probably having a meltdown. He usually is, and he should be. Uh, <laughs> because <laughs> everything that that guy does... <sighs> I, uh, I don't know. We, we At some point, we need to talk about interfering owners who have no business interfering, and, and we're going to talk about that guy and his weird death sculpture. And uh, if you listen to my other podcast um, that used to be on about NFL, you know, we deeply um, dissected that and, and what that means. Um, you can go look that up if you don't know what I'm talking about. This is a child-friendly podcast. Um, but, you know, is that guy felt- should probably have a a meltdown. Mm, it's like middle school friendly, maybe. Um,
0: okay, I'll give you that. 11,
1: like, it's when your kid's 11, we're no longer responsible for the things that you're on this podcast. your child <laughs> is smaller, please throw their ears. Um, but, yeah, you know, and other than that, it's just like, well, okay, well, Jim or say, you know, he's always having a meltdown, you know, some of these guys. But, you know, I don't know. I mean... What about Packers owners? Like, I mean, since that is a publicly, yeah, it's it's a you know, it's stock. It's the fans technically own it, and I mean, at one point, Packers fans, like, why are you not being like, why have you not gone to the stadium with torches and pitchforks and run Matt Lafleur out of town on a rail? Like, come now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Irby, how about you? Who's who's on your? NFL owners um, meltdown index. I well, I, I'm not going
2: to add much more because it's a fantastic list. I maybe grab mine. Then their Tepper definitely at Carolina, um, and also for the fact of watching everything that we've just talked about with CJ Stroud, and remembering that you moved up in front of them and took Bryce Young, yeah. and you don't have a pick this year, and that pick. <laughs> Pick would have been pretty good. Pick's going to be pretty good. So yeah, it's um, I care a lot. It's time to hit a hard, hard reset because that's been he's been there since like 2018, and things aren't even remotely looking like they're turning around. You know, I, I the NFL is so different um, from baseball because turnarounds can happen quickly,
1: right?
2: Uh, and 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 it's more of the reason why some of these teams there's no excuse or anything. And, and but no carolina like like the the conversations not even really remotely there i mean my gosh it, it feels like atlanta half the time is trying to actively lose and they're still ahead of them so I, I don't know what to make of it but yeah it's um but yeah i love the list there er Ursay, jerry jones i you know as much as i give jones a hard time whenever he's gone i'm gonna miss the stories and miss the headaches and miss everything he does because it's he is he is he, he provides entertainment. Yeah. I'll tell you what, he provides them. entertainment. Even if he's not a GM at all. I know he is a GM, but he's definitely not a GM. But yeah, you do your thing, Jerry. I'm gonna go on record and say I will not
0: miss Jerry Jones. I won't either. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I well, yes, it. well, I
2: know you want as a Cowboy fan. I,
0: you I know yes, because I'm I, a Super Bowl,
1: I'm not that entertained by it.
0: I mostly think it's obnoxious. I've, I, I've got a non-Cowboys fan reason. I'm tired of the word "glory hole" being in the, <laughs> being out there, yeah, there you go. as often yeah. as it is. I'm
2: really yeah. sick of
0: it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> had enough. Yeah.
1: Speaking of not being child friendly podcast, every time I hear that, I think of that Rangers announcer that kept yelling, fisting.
0: Oh. Busby. Busby. Thank you, <laughs>
1: Busby. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's never, it's, it's I understand that's what you call it in the 70s, but saying that that liner was fisted is, is, is no, that's not going to work. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, but I'll take that over the, the constant glory hole mentions. I will, I will do that.
1: Well, at least that was funny. Um, I'm, I'm not sure, I, The Jerry Jones' stick is just so old to me. Like I just like I'm not entertained by this. I mostly just think it's obnoxious. So there there are more entertaining
0: owners. Well, you you know why Irby's going to miss him because when he's gone, the Cowboys might actually beat his 49ers.
2: Yes, that's, yes. that's a fair assessment. Actually,
0: um, <laughs> oh, that is,
2: it is. I have said that for going on two decades now that if Jerry Jones would slip into some coma, he would wake up three years later with a ring
0: or two on his finger and be like, how do we get these? <laughs> probably true. Or, you know, he, 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 he could also be George Steinbrenner. We just need to do something really stupid. But I see the hearing right there. All right, Smith. anything else you want to add here or before we call it a week? Uh, no, no, I'm good, I'm good, I, guys, we, everybody's in
1: agreement with the Cy Young winners, right, we're getting our MVPs, most boring, this is why we had to give you guys an alternate awards program, because this yeah. has been the most, this is not the most boring like, baseball award season ever, like, we knew who was gonna win every stink in one of these before they won it, yeah. and we know who's gonna win the MVPs too, it's not even close, like, it's so boring, so, I'm not saying these people aren't deserving, they are, they're getting it right. It's just like, oh, a little suspense would be nice. Like just give me something, man. Like I got to wait like 128 more days or whatever until we're going to play baseball again. Like give me some excitement. <laughs> and if you're not going to give me better awards, just give me a free agent signing.
0: Well, I mean, word on the street is is Atani might sign before the winter meetings. So
1: before, during, after in 100 years while floating in space, I'm sure you can find a rumor out there to confirm any of these
0: things. I know this is the one I choose to believe. Like, <laughs> uh. it's the but is he zone. gonna
1: go somewhere interesting? If he's going to the Dodgers, that's boring, and I want to see the next man up. So. I don't
0: know. He, he um. might. He might. He might. We'll find out. I think soon. So, Irby, how about you? Anything else you want to add here? No,
2: just uh, yeah, hey, you know, help with the boringness. Just remember that two weeks ago today, the Texas Rangers won the World Series. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, on that note, <laughs> we're gonna call it a week. Wherever you're listening to us on your podcast network, give th- give this show a like, subscribe to the show, help us out with that algorithm, get some more lollygaggers in here. But that's gonna do it for us. We're out of here. Until next week. God, I wish I could tell you to watch baseball, but I can't. You have to watch football. It's good for you.